0: Tony Bubb. She's a professional lover of life. Isn't that amazing? I mean, professional lover of life or or the rest of us are just lovers of life. Um, She's creative, innovator, visionary, and she's got just amazing aura around her. I can't even pronounce that word, but um, I was watching her live videos on Facebook and I was like, dude, she is on fire. This is awesome. I need to get her on the podcast because I love that vibe. So I reached out to her and she's like, absolutely, I would love to. And so here's Tony. Tony, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
0: You're welcome. Uh, We're excited to have you here. This is so cool. So on this podcast, we just talk about our journeys. We talk about Uh, you know, where we come from and I love stories and I love learning, you know, what different things people went through to get to where they are today and would love to learn about how did you become the professional lover of life? You know, what, what made you like think about it and like, you know, this is what I want to do with my life. This is what makes me passionate. So how, you know, how did that happen? Like, What happened?
1: Yeah, the story is always interesting to tell because I definitely didn't plan on keeping that title. <laughs> so when I was, I kind of went through my corporate America thing, college, you know, I was working and I was working a lot. So probably 80 plus hours a week. I was the girl that went in early, the girl that stayed late. And I eventually got burned out. Uh, I had every issue you can think of from like uh, back issues, stomach issues. Hey, (laughs) how's it going? It's going good. He can't hear you, sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, So I had uh, just a whole bunch of health issues and basically, (laughs) basically I, uh, (laughs) um, I've told this story I don't know how many times. I know, Um,
0: yeah.
1: Okay. So uh, basically, one day I went into work, and I had been watching HGTV's How to Buy an Island and just kind of fantasizing about moving to an island. Mm -hmm. And I literally went into work and bought a one-way flight to St. Thomas, Surgeon Islands. I told my best friend I was going, and she literally laughed at me on the phone. Like, I think everyone thought I was going crazy. And I was like, no, I just need a break. I need to get away. And so I was in recruiting at the time, and I still do a little recruiting here and there. But, uh, and so, you know, when you're looking at everyone's titles, I was like kind of making fun of corporate America and, you know, just professionals in general. And I was like, kind of screw this. I'm a professional lover of life, like <laughs> as a joke. And, and I started to write about my experiences and a lot of people actually quit the this- where I was working, I'm not going to say where, cause it's a pretty big name company, but, uh, they, they quit and they've gone off to do their own things and they've been very successful. So my kind of leap of faith inspired others to take a leap of faith. And I kept the name because I started to have pretty, you know, legitimate people reach out and say they liked the title. Like as far as director level VP CEOs of companies, from all over the world and i'm like men and women not just yeah. you know women and so i'm like oh well okay and then it just kind of became my, my thing yeah. <laughs> and it stuck <laughs> so that's the story
0: that's really cool that mm-hmm. is that's awesome and i totally get you man it's it's easy to get burned out because you're putting so much of yourself right out there into other people's dreams Mm. you're putting all of you out into other people's dreams. you're not getting that energy back and um it's cool man i I love it i love the story it's it's awesome because recently i did the same thing i was like i'm done with somebody else's dreams i'm gonna do me i'm gonna do me right so so that's where my journey starts (laughs)
1: love it Um, how long ago did you do it
0: Like three weeks ago.
1: Oh, geez, super fresh.
0: Yes, super fresh.
1: You know, it's funny. I I, maybe I should do a podcast about all the people quitting their jobs. Yeah, Uh, it's definitely like a thing right now. So good for you. um, I'm glad that you. I took the leap of faith.
0: Thank you. So I did it twice. I did it four months ago, and then I was like, all right, I need to. I need something. So I went back and I was like, all right, it's, it's not really working out. I'm, I'm going to, I'm just going to quit because I'm just want to focus on my thing. I love video production and marketing and audio production, making stuff for people, basically. That's, so that's awesome. my thing. So I was like, I'm, I just want to focus on that thing and help other people in my own way. Like, I don't want to be told what I want to do. I want to be. I guess I still want to be told what I want to do. <laughs> when you are a freelancer or when you ha- you are an entrepreneur, you set some things in motion, but you're still, I guess, taking order from other people. Not really right. order, but I don't know what the word is. My
1: well, you have clients, so you're serving yeah. them, exactly. right? And uh, I think you're you're bringing up a a really good point that find that balance between like going off on your own and remembering that you're still servicing someone at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, I think people sometimes forget about that part (laughs) and how to set boundaries. And a lot of things that I do with some of my clients that have, have left corporate and they're trying to transition over. I say to them, who is your ideal client? Mm -hmm. Like you have the power to create that. And I think a lot of people just want to take whoever they want to, to get paid money, but it's like, you can create Who your idea, like my hair my hairstylist she's like I don't want to deal with super dramatic like chicks I want cool laid back people like you Mm -hmm. and and so she'll turn down people so having that power and knowing that you have that ability to create the kind of clientele that you want that are cool fun people to hang out with so like yourself
0: that's that's right so I want to I want to find people like myself so then it doesn't feel like that I'm working for somebody else
1: right right (laughs) but I'm
0: also helping them achieve their goals and their journeys and by you know being good at what what they want to do so some of the things that i'm working on is a video course on how to use your smartphone better and make good videos with it
1: i could probably use that
0: okay awesome. <laughs> so, i'm the
1: lazy video shooter there is
0: <laughs> there's no such thing as lazy for very so you i guess it's easy to, to label the word lazy but Mm. all software programmers are super lazy (laughs) because they're lazy they'll come up with ways to solve a problem i mean that's why we have genius inventions of software because people are lazy and developers they'll come around oh i can do it this way like that's why we have for loops and next case case i don't i forget all my Programming terms.
1: So, you're so yeah, you're slacking. But,
0: yes, exactly. Everybody's slacking. You and,
1: get it, Slack? Because you know, a lot of programmers use Slack.
0: Exactly, they do. They, they do. They love to Slack.
1: I'm on Slack.
0: I mean, they they literally made a business out of it. which is hilarious.
1: It's kind of funny. I just actually got that. Like now, I mean, you know, I never knew. I never knew programmers considered themselves as lazy. So, I mm-hmm. learned something new today.
0: Yeah, and same with artists, you know, I mean, it's in human nature to be lazy, right? That's Mm -hmm. why we have so many different tools that can help us make, you know, do things more efficiently. And like recently I was listening to, I was watching John Oliver talk about automation and how, Mm -hmm. how like through the ages you've heard people say, Oh, the machines are coming, they're taking my job, right? They're shipping my jibs, my job offshore, you know, other, other people are taking my jobs, you know, we don't have industrial jobs anymore. And he was like, you know, it's not even that we're shipping off jobs, 50% of the jobs are taken by automation, robots. Mm-hmm. And so what's interesting is that, and it's, it's funny that we end up, end up in this spectrum of talk. I mean, working for somebody and then your job getting eliminated because now you've hired a robot to do your job. Yeah. So he was making fun. He's like, well, they're never going to find a job, or they're never going to replace me with a robot because who's going to waste 90 seconds talking about different countries and how silly they sound like? For 90 seconds, because robots are all about efficiency. <laughs> like, take that.
1: Well, I actually think the automation thing, I think that people are looking at it the wrong way. I mean, when you say lazy, I think lazy means that you don't have an interest in doing something. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm really excited to do something like shoot the videos, I like the shooting the videos part mm-hmm. and coming up with the ideas. Now, That's do like- I like the editing part? I know. (laughs) You know, so, you know, automating those tasks that us humans, you know, those tedious tasks that Mm -hmm. I don't think most people like to be doing that are monotonous and, and it would suck their energy out so that we can be more human in our interaction with our clients and, you know, I think that's why automation is great. I don't think it the is. human interaction is ever going to completely go away. <laughs> oh,
0: no, no, no. It it won't go away. We'll we'll just become managers of things.
1: Right.
0: We'll need floor managers. I mean, I saw the video of Tesla's floor, right? Because they they say we have all these robots to build the cars, but there's still a lot of people that have are managing these robots. Same with Amazon facilities. They have a ton of robots. They go pick up these um, packages and bring them out. But yeah, you're t- absolutely right. It's it's some of the tasks that can be automated, need to be automated, and it truly makes our life like a lot easier. So it, it just goes down to, okay, people who are losing their jobs to automation either need to have a career change or learn something that the human mind like because the human brain is amazing and we can do so many things i mean we're sitting on top of giants like right now like who thought that we could have a conversation over miles and miles without you know without having to be in there in person i mean we've come a long way and we've we've got a long way to go as well so yeah people just need to look at it like okay I can't do that job anymore let's see what else I can do and and that's the other thing we're seeing with this new generation is the millennials I guess I I guess I, I guess we could label it is you know they're building their own careers they're building their own platforms to work around and it's just really really amazing
1: I agree I agree I think there's a a lot of potential out there and, you know, kind of to speak to the, the management portion of it. I think that's an area that needs to be focused on more. Um, I think there was a post recently by, you know, on LinkedIn, he's pretty well known and it was talking about micromanagement and I actually wasn't the biggest fan of the post and because I don't like people complaining about micromanagement and not understanding why micromanagement is in place. And I believe you know it's it's a combination of three factors, and and one being is that not everyone's meant to be a manager, <laughs> you know, and also people aren't trained. And when I and I say trained, you know, because a, a gentleman responded to that post, and he's like, "Well, I've been through all the training, and it's all the same stuff, and it's not effective." And I go, "I'm talking about emotional intelligence, conflict resolution, communication. These are these are the skills that especially are." communication skills that because everyone's using technology so much anymore, people don't know how to have real conversations in real life anymore. Absolutely. So, you know, these are the types of things, if we're going to be growing leaders and managers, you need to know how, even if you're just overseeing a robot, because you need to be able to communicate to another human being how to fix that robot.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's, there's a big gap there in opportunity for leadership and management training in a whole different way.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, communication and having that empathy even right mm. to, to connect with another human being is super important because yeah, sure you can't feel what they're feeling, but have some type of emotion to relay that. Hey, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you're going through, but I feel your pain, sort of, I guess.
1: There is a practice that uh, the Marriott taught us about how to respond to uh, clients that were upset. And then the first thing would always have us do, whether we, you know, first of all, I'm an empath. So I literally do usually feel how other people feel. And I've, I've learned, and I've actually talked, talking about that more in some of my videos and stuff, because it really does affect, you know, you and your work situation and personal. But um, they always taught us to say, first, I'm so sorry to hear that. You know, what can I do to help you? So show that compassion Mm -hmm. and right away, basically to say that you understand what they're going through and you're sorry, even if you don't, quite get it, or you don't agree, like just to show that verbally to to the client, so.
0: No, absolutely. And what's interesting with empathy, so being a UX designer, right, we're very empathic and understanding the problems of the user, Um, understanding problems that user might face when they're using an application, and that's where we're creating different applications for them, and how to solve those problems through these applications it can be an enterprise application or it can be a personal or a mobile application and empathy is very important because we'll do a lot of interviews we'll create personas we'll create in the new book by my good friend seth godin he talks about empathy in marketing and i'm like that's really really interesting because like marketing is not advertising and that's what it's been seen as for the past many years because, I mean, newspapers were created so they can have ad space in it. Radio was created for the same reason and so was television. But internet was just came out of people wanted to collaborate and having a a system. So if there was an emergency, universities could communicate with each other. And so internet was not created for that reason. So marketing ended up becoming advertising, but now that we have we've come 30 years right it was thirty years ago that the world wide web was created we're seeing that marketing is essentially talking about or being passionate about something that's helps you and finding like having the empathy will enable you to essentially market your product on, or, or, or be the evangelist for the product that you're passionate about. Like for yeah. example, I love Apple products because they help me get the job done. And so does that mean I'm marketing for Apple? In a way, yes, but in another way, I'm not getting paid, like my wife tells me, you should be getting paid by Apple because you've converted so many people to using Apple products. <laughs> yes, I'm just I'm just an evangelist. I just want people to have a good experience. And that's right. that's what it comes down to. So empathy in marketing, again, you know, you're understanding what your users are going through and solving those problems for them.
1: Well, I think, you, you know, you, you bring up UX design and I think that's a, a role that not many people are still familiar with yet. It's probably one of the most vital roles in creating a website. And, you know, especially speaking about feelings immediately when I go to a website, I'm like, I'm like, how does this website make me feel, you know, and also the, how you maneuver throughout the website, which I believe is UX uh, or UI, the user experience. Mm-hmm right
0: experience and then the user right energy.
1: yeah which also can cause emotion if it's frustrating <laughs> you know so i i think that's a that's a big part i don't think people really know that a lot of people you know that just go to a website they don't know all the behind the scenes and that that's to me one of the most vital parts of, of building an, an effective website or application so
0: you know that's a really good point that you bring up because being in the ux world and a lot of people, like, there's so many more UX entrants uh, in the past few years that I'm like, all right, this is getting saturated.
1: Mm-hmm. But you're right.
0: Not a lot of people know about this because just like I don't know anything about building a road or, you know, laying foundation down, right. know, you know, so there's a lot of people that just stay in their own lane, Right. They're like, I'm just focusing on this specific aspect of life and work and I'm just gonna go all in, go all in deep, and I'll know everything else, everything around it. So being a UX designer, I look around and I just see other UX people because that's all I know. So I'm making an effort in going and finding other people that are in different lanes. I'm like, hey, tell come over here and tell me a little bit about your lane and and how you operate in this in this that's so cool. That's really yeah.
1: It's good. Well, I don't think people know, like you know, that different colors, you know, affect them how they feel yeah. and you know motivate them to do different things. I think yeah. it's really it's really neat. You know, I don't think a lot of people talk about it actually. So, yeah. I love it. It's I love cool. it.
0: Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up because mm-hmm. that's something that I was struggling with myself. Like, what color? And I am I'm, I'm attracted to red and blue a lot. Mm-hmm. So I have hacks and hobby. I have like these reds and blues. And uh the background has lots of reds and blues as well. Cause for my company Humble Zone, I'm trying to come up with okay, I need colors for the website, what color should I go with? So I'm gonna go back to the uh color wheel and, and what the emo- different emotions they evoke. I'm like, okay, this is what I need. To use. These are the colors I need to use. There's always something that just comes up and you need to learn constantly learning about. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. (laughs) So some questions that we ask um, on the podcast. And you haven't mentioned anything about your hobbies, but you did mention about your dad's hobbies. (laughs) What is one hobby that you wish you got into that you never had the chance and you're like, oh, I wish that hobby I got into?
1: So so interesting, um, that question, because to, in my mind, if I want to do something, I will do it. So mm-hmm. any if I, I'm about to say rock, just because I haven't done it yet doesn't mean I'm not going to do it. So, <laughs> uh, you know, that's one that I think I've always wanted to get into a little bit more that I just haven't taken the time, mm-hmm. but I will definitely do it someday. So, yeah, usually if I want to do something, I'll do it.
0: <laughs> nice. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm
0: because a lot of people they're like oh i don't really have the time to do this and this and this but lucky for you you're working for yourself you know you make your own time you make your own hobbies
1: well you know, know it's interesting that you bring that up because i think that's an, an an important thing about what i talk about is you know people always make an excuse they say they don't have the time and you know, if you read all those articles of things that people regret most when they're on their deathbed, yeah. you know, it's spending time with family and friends. It's, I wish I would have taken that trip. I wish I would have done that hobby. Mm-hmm. And you have to make the time. Mm-hmm. I, I just always feel like that's an excuse. You know, people spend hours on social media day, you know, it's like, you know what, take two of those hours and go do which, something active or go do your hobby.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I just think it's an excuse.
0: <laughs> it is not its, it's- <laughs> Very easy excuse. And um, what's funny is yesterday I was watching Cassie Neistat um, on YouTube. He's a YouTuber. Uh, he's kind of huge, but he was like, I am leaving, or goodbye social media, was a, was a the ta- title of his video. I mean, he's a YouTuber, and he, he films a lot. But he, he was like, look at my average time spent on Twitter and on Instagram. Mhm. And he's spending like 59 minutes on Twitter and Instagram. He's like I'm just I just have this destructive habit of like he he's like I'm not going to call it a disease because he knows people like it's not it's not it's not that but it's like a destructive habit. You just have this habit of picking up your phone and just swiping up swiping that list, you know, just going it through the
1: that- There's been a lot of research done on this though. I mean, there is, it it, it is sort of an addiction. Like you get a Mm -hmm. dopamine high off of, Yeah. you know,
0: I could go into
1: that. That's a whole other conversation. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) He didn't want to call it an addiction because he's like, I know people with real problems. And so he wanted to call it a destructive habit to be Mm. more um, respectful of people who have like, serious issues. Mm. So that's why he called it a destructive habit, destructive habit. And he's talking about how um when his daughter was born, he put the phone down. And he's like for one week I'm not going to use the phone or not going to be on social media. I'm going to spend, you know, take in my, you know, taking of the birth of my daughter. And he's like it's not like I didn't feel happy, but he felt like there's this weight lifted off of his shoulder like a heavy blanket that you carry around with yourself. You got to check your phone to see what's going on, what's going on. It's like, he didn't have to do that. So he's like, all right, he carries two phones with him. And he's like, so I'm going to delete both Instagram and Twitter from both these phones and let's see what happens. And then he's, and in this video, he's like walking through, it's like, okay, it's been five hours and I feel really good. I mean, every time I'll open the phone and I'll look through it, he's like, but I don't have the apps so I just put the phone back. Mm-hmm. So he's like it's not I'm it's not I'm deleting the apps from my or it's not that he's quitting those apps like he'll still go to Twitter and Instagram on his desktop but he right. just doesn't want immediate access to it on his phone because phones are with us like wherever we go. Right. And we can waste so much time with it. So really good point people really need to take time out to actually do what they say we want to do. I mean, and you know, instead of watching three hours on Netflix, you know, cause that create a does,
1: podcast like you did. Yeah, <laughs> make a podcast. <laughs>
0: um, and what's funny is the way I started the podcast too was like I'm spending two hours driving back and forth from work, and Anchor is a mobile app on your phone, so you can start recording directly from your phone your podcast episode it's wow. all my initial podcast episodes were solo episodes I'm talking about beekeeping I was like I could just do this while I drive I'm just talking to myself and what's funny is my good friend um, Dave Calvert he has a podcast called car thoughts with David and he, <laughs> every single podcast episode is done in his car his car is a co-host And all the interviews that he's done is also in the car. It's really cool.
1: That's funny. That's a good way to, you know, make a positive out of your commute.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Either listen (laughs) to audiobooks, podcasts, or make a podcast.
1: (laughs) There you go. I tried learning Spanish, but that wasn't very productive (laughs) when I used to have to commute. Mm -hmm. But I would say Duolingo is a really good app for that.
0: Oh, I love Duolingo. Mm -hmm. I started it. A couple of years ago, and I started learning like three different languages. I was like, come on, that's not going to (laughs) work. And um, so talking about making time and doing the commitment, and there's this YouTube video I watched, and the guy's like, you know what happens, like New Year's coming, you sit down on the couch, and you're like, all right, I'm going to do these things next year and you make a whole list of things that you want to do, your resolutions, right? And even though you go working out twice a month, and you're like, I'm going to go twice a week. He's like, if you just look at the numbers, that's 600% more than what you were doing before. It's not going to stick. It's not going to Mm -hmm. stick for a long time. So he said, instead of, doing that just do it once a week just add it a little bit at a time do that for three months then add it you know then make it twice a week then add it go go do that for three months at a time because like we can't handle that much change and we'll end up falling behind and be like oh oh, that didn't continue so maybe I did the same thing with the Duolingo
1: I was just gonna say, I think the problem is is that is two things that people usually want want the end result of the change right away. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, then they they try to to take on too much at once. So it's not even that they're doing too much of one thing. It's that because usually most people are stressed out, and it's causing you know whether it's you know weight issues or you know anxiety or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they try to do all these things and yes. you know that's why i was building the platform i was building before was so that you could focus on one area which is the core issue so even when i work with my clients i'm like let's let's focus on one core issue before we get into even the career change because uh you know the one thing i didn't like about when i was coached by some people is they would literally give me like so much stuff to do at once. And I was like, I just, I told you I have anxiety issues. Like I'm stressed out. I'm like, and you want me to work on this right now? Like, so I think that's the problem is that it's just unrealistic. And like you said, like the human brain, if you're already overwhelmed, which most people are, they're overwhelmed. They've got families, they're working, they're going through other changes and they've got other family members that they're taking care of outside of their immediate family. So, it's like you got to focus on just one thing, whether it's, and I always say, go to your self care first, because Mm -hmm. that's usually what falls off. You're taking care of, you know, at the beginning of this podcast, you you said that we're pouring energy into everyone else's dreams and problems. Mm -hmm. Why don't we pour that energy into ourselves more? Exactly. Mm -hmm.
0: And I think, and this came to me yesterday. Was the reason we do pour it and our hope, like our energy into other people's dreams rather than our own, is it is easier. Mm. Like, I'm when I go to a job, I know well, what list of things I need to work on. Like, somebody's already created the list. You come here, you talk to this person, this person, get this stuff done, right? And then you're done for the day. So Somebody's already made the list for you. So it's easier. And that's why people sit through hours in traffic. Because they want to go to their comfort zone. Thank you for listening to Hacks and Hobbies. You can find additional information on the guest today on the the website, hacksandhobbies.com. Please feel free to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on upcoming interviews with amazing guests. But when you do stuff for yourself... It's super hard. <laughs>
1: I was, I was just talking about this, you know, I've had several of these conversations recently and I are, you know, all the fellow entrepreneurs out there and I, I'm not by any means judging anyone, right? but I, I don't believe that entrepreneurship is always accurately represented on social media. And that's why it looks like this glamorous, like, Oh, I'm getting speaking engagements and I'm getting, you know, this award and I've got this client. I'm like, when I was going through my startup, you know, I would talk about all the ups and downs Mm -hmm. and no one talks about the taxes and, you know, figuring out how to make it, you know, the first three months, the first six months, the first year, you know, no one talks about all that stuff.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: You know, no one talks about how, you know, you're, you know, I was bootstrapping. So I was still, you know, doing contract work, you Mm -hmm. know, until we got funding and stuff. So, they talk about it, but in more of like a nostalgic kind of like is like it? reminiscing on the past, like oh, I've been through that. So, you know, I feel like you should never talk about or like super, super in the moment or still going through it. Mm. But, you know, be realistic about entrepreneurship because not everyone else is made for that either. And that's why I feel like there are some organizations out there, but I feel like there needs to be, uh, like a way to find your tribe, kind of thing. So,
0: to support no, you through ab- that. You're absolutely right. And what's interesting is you will have, like, people have created or companies have created these mastermind groups where, mm-hmm. like, I think I saw an ad for, hey, if you're a CEO, come join a CEO group. I think it was on Facebook and you're paying a monthly fee but you're talking to other CEOs that are facing problems that are facing the same issues that you might be facing. Right. It's like, that's a really smart way to go it. And then I saw more, of more, more and more of it when I joined the community on Facebook for, um, for podcasters and I'm like, Whoa, this is really cool because everybody is talking about my lang, you know, talking in my language and I can totally tell them and help them on what they de- what they need to do and get moving to the next step.
1: Yeah, love it.
0: All right, we got some questions left, and then we can see what you think. All right, so what is your favorite movie or TV show? And if none, how about a book?
1: I don't watch much TV, but I've actually been watching, trying to watch more of it because I need to get out of my – left logical brain. Mm-hmm. And so when I do go to TV, it's usually humor. And so I love the Goldbergs.
0: Oh my <laughs> God. <That's funny. laughs>
1: yes. Cause it's set in you know, the eighties and I just think it's hilarious. It just makes me laugh every time. And I like that it's creative. Uh, you know, I just never liked the kind of humor that, I don't know how you say this. It's inappropriate, I guess. I feel like the good humor is when you can be you. You have to be creative, and you're not using exactly. inappropriate things, yes. you know, yes. <laughs> to to make people laugh. So, it's mm-hmm. really good TV, I think, and it cool. has lessons in it too. It's great all around.
0: It's really <laughs> great. You're absolutely right.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: talking about you know having funny stuff and not be profane is yes. like I love that because now. I can share that with my kids. I can share those jokes with my kids. And there's this this new group on Facebook called Dry Bar Comedy. Oh, okay. And it's hilarious and they don't use any profanity because it's a dry bar. I guess when you're not drunk, you don't cuss.
1: I get it, I get it. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) that makes sense.
0: All right, what is your favorite superhero?
1: I would have to say it's Superwoman because of the truth lasso. So
0: You mean Wonder Woman.
1: Oh, Wonder Woman. That's right. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yes, Wonder Woman. Thank you for the correction. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, I just, you know, as an empath, I can usually tell people are lying. So, I just, ooh. Does not sit too well with me. you know, and everyone, you know, I think lies on accident. like that's yeah. just because of our our memories and our brains. Mm-hmm. but I mean like legit lying, I just don't like it, and I can usually call people out. and it's really hard for me to to have relationships mm-hmm. because I feel like they're inauthentic. So
0: well, so you already have that superpower. you don't need the lasso.
1: Yeah, no, I don't. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. all right. If you were a board game, what would it be?
1: Oh, hmm. Okay, so the first couple ones that came to mind were Mouse Trap or Operation. Oh wait, or Trouble. I don't know. I can't. Trouble. I can't decide. <laughs> <laughs>
0: those are those are pretty good, cool board games. Um, I haven't heard of Mouse Trap, so I'm gonna have to do some research on. Them. <laughs> okay. Wow, They're
1: like interactive board games, so okay. they're, you know?
0: Okay, yeah. awesome. So where can my audience find you? I
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm mostly on LinkedIn. Okay. That's where I kind of focus a majority of my time. Mm-hmm. And then on Facebook, I, I do After Dark series. So that's more so when I just kind of have a of, you know, just talking about deeper, darker topics that, you know, most people don't like to talk about, and I talk about them at night. And my website is Tony Bubb, so it's T-O-N-I and then dot com. So those are the easiest ways to find me. Mm-hmm.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. And so where does the Bubb come from? Because I noticed that's not your name, <laughs> or is it?
1: It is my name. That's my last okay. name. Oh, perfect. Okay. And that's English. So that's from my dad's side of the family. Uh, and I actually eventually want to, (laughs) I have, I actually own the domain name, heybub.com.
0: Oh, nice.
1: And so I had this idea, you know, when I first got into entrepreneurship, I wanted to create really funny, cool t-shirt names, kind of making fun of like work stuff. Like, Hey bub, like how was that meeting? Like which one, you know, I'm I'm, on my way to another one, like funny stuff like that. I definitely want to do something with (laughs) Hey bub. Someday I've got a logo for it and everything, but time and place. Nice. Working on some bigger things right now.
0: <laughs> yes, of course. Um, you'd be surprised on how like people would be working on something big, but then it's those tiny things. Like my friend, is, she's a videographer, but she absolutely loves baking. It's like you should yeah. do something with baking, like just create these short videos. He's like, you know, that's a good idea. I'm gonna do a series of trying out these recipes, and it's like, yeah, just do that, you know. So we'll see where that heads out. But okay. yeah, it's 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 when you create something that you're absolutely passionate about, and it just blows up. Another example that I can uh, share: He's an actor. He played a. Lot of- <laughs> he played a lot of movies. <laughs> That's true, John. Oh,
1: that guy. That guy. <laughs> You know, if it was my sister, you know, me and my sister, she probably, I, I say stuff like that and she guesses it. I'm like, you know, that one girl in that one show. And she's like, yeah, that girl. I'm like, how did you know that? <laughs> Sorry, we don't have that family tie. So, <laughs>
0: right, right, we don't. Um, so he was in, I think he was in Looper and he was in um, Inception, hmm. Joseph Gordon Levitt. Okay. So, um, he was on Tim Ferriss's show, and he talks about how mm-hmm. how he cre- him and his brother created Hit Record, and they were like it was just a fun project, and people would just come here, and so and then like six years from then, like from then, like there's TV shows coming off of it that's, that are getting funding, there's movies that are coming off of it, and it's mm-hmm. like I I started out as a hobby, and now it looks like it's becoming something really big and he's yeah. like, already an actor but he's like this is it's, it's so much so much passion and the community is like half a million people in there uh, and you could just go there and you could pick up projects you can pick up somebody's written a poem and you can say okay I'm gonna do spoken word for this so you can do all sorts of things It's it's really it's really awesome
1: I love it I've heard a, a lot of stories like that, actually. Mm-hmm. I, I know one entrepreneur that was working on something, and they were kind of like they were in this really sticky situation, and then they ac- accidentally came up with this app called Fuji, where you can just like, and it's been in movies and all this stuff, but you can just like, it's like an it's like an emoji that's the shape of a piece of food, and that's how you order,
0: basically. Oh, that's so cool.
1: Yeah, so- and it's like <laughs> totally blown up, but it was like they just kind of, were twiddling their thumbs. They were about to run out of money, I think, for their other concept. and Yeah. So yeah. that's that's where the magic happens.
0: It does. When yeah. dark corners. Well, Tony, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really wish you the best. Thank you. And um, we'll certainly keep in touch, entrepreneur to entrepreneur. Yes. And anything I can help you with, please reach out
1: looks good. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me, Junaid.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye. Bye. Congratulations. You made it to the end of the episode. Thanks so much for listening to our guest on this episode. Please send me an email at At hacksandhobbies.com to tell me what you loved about our guest today. You could find links mentioned in this episode on the hacksandhobbies.com website.